Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Okay, so, um, yeah, we, uh, like I said, it, it's, it's our global prayer and fast, and, and the idea is that, you know, towards the beginning of the year, we just really consecrated time to focus on the Lord, to seek Him, and to, to, um, to, to really just ask Him, consecrate the year to Him, and ask Him for direction and guidance uh, for, for the year. And, and, and that's what we're going to um, start doing today until, until Wednesday. And um, I'm just going to ask, are you guys ready with the, with the video, Jonathan? Um, if you guys can just show the video um, of Pastor Heinrich and Nikki uh, just sharing with us. And um, then I'll share, like I said, very briefly, 10, 15 minutes. And then we're actually going to just spend some time praying, praying together. You guys good to go? The world behind me. No turning back, no Hi everybody and welcome back. to our Global Prayer Fast. What a enough. tremendous joy to be uh, sitting here in Somerset West and to know that even though we are literally spread out across the globe as a show for family, different continents and different nations, that we are together in the spirit and uh, we have this opportunity during this month to be uniting our hearts around what is on God's heart? And it is such a massive privilege for both uh, Nikki and myself to be able just to share a few thoughts with you mm-hmm. regarding what we believe God has, has laid on our hearts for us as a church family. As you know, we're trusting God this year to show us His paths of abundance. Amen. And we have a massive expectation that we're going mm-hmm. to see and experience the Lord's favor in 2022 like we've never done before. Um, with that being said, Uh, Nikki's just going to lay a foundation for us, which I believe is important as we enter into this time of of consecration. Hi, everyone. Um, The Lord has placed on my heart Matthew 5, verse 6, that says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What a beautiful promise from an everlasting Father. God is not a man that he should lie. So when we, he says he's going to fill us, he will fill us. Mm. My question to you is, what are you hungry for? Sure. And what are you being filled with? Mm. As we separate ourselves from food or whatever is distracting us from hearing his voice clearly in this time, and we are separating ourselves from something and unto something, mm. we are humbling ourselves and, and declaring to God that he is our source, that he is our sustenance, and he is our strength. Let's trust the Lord in this time of fasting and consecration to increase our hunger and thirst for Him, to reset our hunger for God, to reset our hunger for what is on His heart for Mm. us. I believe that as we fast, we are declaring to our body that He is in control. We're saying, Holy Spirit, come and fine-tune our hearing. Come and and reveal to us what is on your heart for show for our family. Mm. Yes, and uh, just understanding that as we fast during these um, next few days, obviously we're going to become hungry and, and thirsty. And <laughs> Absolutely. That's, and that's part of the, the whole idea that even when we do physically uh, crave maybe for, for the food or maybe even from that, uh, uh, that series that you've been binge-watching, whatever it is that you're fasting from, that would, would remind you that we need uh, God's presence, we need Him as, as a person, as our daily bread, more than we need our physical food. Absolutely. Uh, truly, we shall not live by bread alone or by any other thing that we would want to substitute 
um, and, and imitate God's presence. And so we believe that God is going to surprise us this year if, if we are truly hungry and thirsty for Him, um, if we prioritize Him, if we understand that He is the core that holds us together. And, and everything else flows out of Him being the center. Um, having said that, I, I believe that God is inviting us this year also to not just hunger and thirst for Him as a person, but also to hunger and thirst for his desire for this world, to hunger and thirst for what is on his heart. And so that the intimacy that we experience, understanding that it is his righteousness, it's his righteousness over us that that gives us confidence for this year. It's not what happened last year. It's not how successful we were in in, uh, our spiritual activities or as families or at school or at work. It's his righteousness that, uh, creating us an expectation for this year. And so I want to read for you three verses from uh, Isaiah 50, 54. And it says, Sing, O barren, Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Mm. I believe that the God has called us to strengthen our stakes. To dig them even deeper into the ground of his love. Of being absolutely centered in the fact that loving him and loving our neighbors as ourselves, that is the the ground in which he has come to anchor us. And as we are anchored in that and find our stability and our hunger and our thirst for him and him alone, at the same time, I believe that God is also calling us to enlarge our capacity to receive his dreams for this broken world. So I want to dare you, Nikki and I, we want to dare you to trust God, to be surprised by him to step out in faith again, to enlarge your capacity to dream and to imagine what God can do in you and through you. So why don't you, during these next few days, think of the most desolate, wasted, rejected, forsaken place you can think of in your own heart, maybe in your family, maybe in your community, in your nation. Take an area and begin to dream about what is possible. If God's Holy Spirit would through us inhabit those places, that God would come this year and He will enlarge our our reach and our influence and the impact we can make for God's kingdom. So I want to ask you that, that you will join with us as we trust the Lord to step out in faith. That this will be the year of the Lord's favor. This will be the year of the Lord's growth. And this will be the year where we begin to see what he wants us to see. Because it is if we see what he wants us to see that we are able to sing and to rejoice like he wants us to rejoice. And so we're putting out our faith and we're asking you to do the same, that the cities and the nations in which God has planted us and which maybe right now appear to be desolate, appear to be broken down, will soon be filled with the sounds of rejoicing and salvation as new believers get born again into the kingdom of God and communities get transformed by His love, His will, and His kingdom's presence in us 
and through us. The Lord bless you as you surrender to His purposes for your life and begin to dream again with a love of your soul of what He can do in you and through you. So remember the transformation that we seek in our communities and in our country starts from the inside out. So as we humble ourselves before God, He will transform us from the inside out. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for us, what you have planned for us, God, your paths of abundance this year. The Lord, that you are stirring in us a greater hunger and a greater thirst for you like never before. And God, as we surrender to you, we thank you that you are enlarging us, Lord, stretching us, God, moving us forward, Lord. And we honor you for the promise that you are bringing us our sons and daughters, that you are bringing us the growth, that you are bringing us the fruit, that you are bringing us the opportunities that only you can bring, that you are the God of the impossible. So Lord, be honored and be glorified as together we seek your face. We welcome you again into our church family and say, have your way. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for transforming us. And as you transform us and change us, let that transformation flows through us into the world that needs it so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Amen. We'll forward some uh, prayer points to you as, as the week goes on. Um, so we're busy with a series where we look at why we do certain things. And, and, and it's, it's just because unless we understand why we do certain important things, we'll either not do them at all or we'll do, we won't do them right. And that's why it's important to, to ask these questions. And, and today we're just quickly going to look at why do Christians pray and fast. Um, let me just read you... Um, a couple of scriptures. I'm not going to go deep into these scriptures. Matthew 6 from verse 5. Um, this is part of Jesus' um, very famous Sermon on the Mount. And, and he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. That's that's quite important, you know, the reason why you pray. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Uh, pray like this, uh, pray then like this, our Father, and then he, he gives the famous Our Father prayer. And then in verse 16, Jesus goes on, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may be seen by, uh, not seen by by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, just a few things. First reason why we pray and fast is because Jesus says, not if you pray and if you fast, but when you pray and when you fast. So it seems like Jesus assumes that those who are his disciples will pray and fast. That's part of the normal Christian life of discipleship of Jesus, uh, of, Jesus, of following Jesus. 
Um, he, he doesn't say if you pray or if you fast. He assumes that if you're his disciple, you will do it. So he says when you pray, when you fast, um, do it like this. And then notice that he, the, the big thing Jesus is, is saying about praying and fasting, in, especially in the introduction, is we don't do it for other people. We don't do it to impress other people. We don't do it to look more spiritual. We don't do it so other people will say, wow, you know, that Henny or, or that Charlie, you know, just look how spiritual they are. Just look how amazingly they pray. The focus of both prayer and fasting should be on God, should be to please God primarily, not to please other people. So, you know... <laughs> I always think that, that pray, praying and fasting is a very good and accurate indicator of our true spiritual condition. I was thinking before the, the service, here's an interesting verse on fasting. This is in 1 Corinthians 7. I didn't put it up on the screen. Uh, one, but those of you who are taking notes, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 4 and 5, it says, For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another from sexual intimacy, uh, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So, you know, fasting is even from sexual relations. Um, it's, it's abstaining for a time from something that you consume or, or something that that, that you want so that you can devote yourself more fully to God. That's what, what fasting is. Prayer, my, my favorite definition of prayer is that prayer is the continuation of, of a conversation started by God. And when we fast, we just cut out all the distractions so we can focus better on that conversation. Now, what fasting also does is it's, it's, a, it's a means of spiritual amplification. So when we fast and we, we're focusing away from the things that distract us and focusing more on God so, so that our prayers are even more effective because, effective because we, we're more focused on God. Um, Jesus, when he fasted and Satan came at the end of, of a 40-day period of fasting and said, uh, you know, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And what did Jesus say to him? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus was saying, it's actually very profound what Jesus said. If you, if you think about it, what sustains you? And what Jesus said is the ultimate thing that sustains you is the thing that created you, the word of God. Now, the, thing, the other things that the word of God created, like bread, can also sustain you indirectly. But everything, I was created by the Word of God. You were created by the Word of God. Bread was created by the Word of God. The food, everything in the whole of creation was created by the Word of God. So when we fast, what we also do is we abstain from the things that indirectly sustain us and turn to the thing, the Word of God, that directly sustains us, that ultimately sustains us. And, and we, we allow ourselves to experience a hunger for physical things to reflect our hunger for spiritual things and to focus um, on, on God. Another thing that, that prayer and fasting does is when, when we pray, uh, when we fast, we, we humble ourselves because we, we sort of 
um, denying ourselves, denying our own needs and telling ourselves, telling our bodies that, you know, I'm not the center of the universe. I'm not, not the most important thing. I'm willing to abstain and sacrifice in order to focus on God and, and glorify Him. So it's a way of humbling ourselves, denying ourselves, turning the focus away from ourselves. And, and let's be very honest, every single one of us, like the old song, um, there's this, this old song, and, and one of the verses in the song says, the, the disease of self runs to my va- through my veins. It's a cancer fatal to my soul. Every attempt on my behalf has failed to get the sickness under control. Um, and the reality is, all of us, because of our sin, fallen sinful state, we tend towards self-obsession, self-centeredness, selfishness. And fasting and prayer is a way of saying no to ourselves, denying ourselves so we can say yes to God. Uh, it's a way of crucifying the flesh crucifying ourselves. So I think that's, that's enough from my side in terms of why we pray and fast. Now, th- those aren't all the reasons, but those are a couple of important reasons why we pray and fast. And I hope that helps you in the coming days to really focus. Use this as an opportunity. Join us. Let's fast together. Let's pray together. Let's seek God's face together. Let's hear from God together. Let's pray and, 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 and call for God's intervention not only in our lives, but in, in the whole church and in the whole world as, as we, as we uh, seek his face. So I'm going to ask the, the band just to come up, up on, on stage again and, and, and softly play in the background. And then we're going to just uh, pray. If you can just um, bring up the next slides. I want us to start by praying internationally. Um, and I want us to focus on... On the Ukraine, um, most of us have maybe been following in the news what's been going on in the Ukraine, how uh, Vladimir Putin and, and the Russian army have invaded the Ukraine. Um, you know, there's war, the rockets flying around, buildings exploding. Um, there's a there's a quite a strong church in the Ukraine, and obviously, you know, this is a very scary time for for them as as, as a nation and, and as a church. Um, but we also trust that God is in control. If you can just bring up those, those uh, scriptures again. Daniel 4 verse 17 says, uh, The sentence is by decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end, or for the, re- for the purpose, that the living may know that the Most High, in other words, God, rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. Um, and then Psalm 46 verse 6 says, The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He, that's God, utters his voice. The earth melts. So it's always been true that the nations have raised, that there's been wars. It's, this is not something new. Um, it's always been going on. But, but despite what's going on, despite all the mess, God is in control. And we can pray to him and ask him for his grace and his mercy and that his will be, will be done despite all the bad things happening in the world. So I, I want us to just quickly turn to each other in groups of four or five. Let's just turn to one another in groups of four or five. And then I'm going to give you four minutes just to pray specifically for the Ukraine. Uh, you guys can start playing. Timothy, you guys can start playing softly in the background. And let's pray with a conviction that God hears our prayers and He answers our prayers.
Yes, Father God, we just come before you in Jesus' name, Lord, and we we just bring, Lord, Russia and the Ukraine before you, Lord, and we just want to consecrate them as, as nations to you, and we just want to ask for your grace and your mercy to be poured out there, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, that, Lord, you'll have mercy, Lord, on on those nations, both of them, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, for the Christians in those nations to stand up and to pray like never before and to, with boldness, witness, Lord, like never before. And we pray, Lord, that, Lord, the, the fear and the instability, Lord, and, and the hardship will cause people to open up their hearts to the gospel, Lord, and to, to realize that um, this life is not all there is that they can have a hope in eternity. But we just pray, Lord, for, for divine intervention, Lord, in, in the Ukraine, Lord, that, that you'll reach out, Lord, with your hand and touch that nation, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you'll bring, Lord, uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russian leaders to their senses, Lord. Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you'll protect people, especially your people, Lord, from bloodshed and destruction. And we pray, Lord, that you'll give world leaders wisdom in terms of how to handle the situation. And we pray, Lord God, that, Lord, as you promise in your word in Romans 8 verse 28, that you'll make even this, Lord, to work together for the good of those who love you and who are the called according to your purpose. In Jesus' name. We just consecrate Ukraine and Russia to you and say, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in those nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's next pray just for for our nation, for, for South Africa. And 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 4, 4 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And, and just two things that, that I want us to pray for for South Africa. You can pray for other things um, as well that the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. But let's pray specifically for, for the leadership in South Africa from the national level all the way down to the local level. Um, Unfortunately, we, we do have a lot of leaders who in past years have been really poor leaders, but we need to still pray for them. They are leaders, and we need to pray that God will give leaders wisdom and bring them to repentance where they need to repent. So, so let's first of all pray for, for leaders, and secondly, let's pray for salvation. God's desire is for all to come to, to salvation and to the knowledge of the truth. So let's pray for those two things for South Africa. I'll give you another five or so minutes. Let's in our groups and those of you online, if you're together, you can pray together. If you're by yourself, you can also pray by yourself. But let's pray for South Africa and, and specifically those two things and whatever else the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. Okay.
Yes, Father God, we just bring South Africa before you in Jesus' name. And we, Lord, ask for your grace and your mercy to be poured out upon our nation, Lord. Lord, we, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done in South Africa, Lord, as in heaven, Lord. We, we, we just consecrate this nation to you, Lord. And, Lord, where there is, Lord... We thank you, Lord, for all the good things that you've given us as a nation, Lord. But we also acknowledge that there's so much wrong, Lord, in our nation. And that only you can ultimately fix it, Lord. And, Lord, we bring our leaders before you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you'll give them, Lord, wisdom, Lord, to make wise decisions, Lord God. Right decisions, Lord. Decisions that don't only benefit them, but that benefit the people of this country, Lord God. Uh, and, and decisions that are in line with your will, Lord. And... Lord, we ask that you'll give all leaders, Lord, from national level to local level, Lord, grace, Lord, to repent, Lord God, where they need to repent, Lord God, to turn away from evil and to embrace good. Lord, and where and those who will not repent, Lord, we ask that you'll remove them and replace them with good leaders, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we, we also just bring our nation before you. And we, we, Lord, where your heart's desire is to save and not destroy, Lord. Where your heart's desire is for, that people will repent and turn from evil and be saved, Lord. We pray, Lord, that that that'll happen, that people will hear the truth. Lord, where our nation is a nation that knows the truth, where the word of God is freely available, where it's preached regularly. We pray, Lord, that that, that people, Lord, who, who know the truth but who don't live according to it, Lord, will repent and turn. Lord, uh, towards you, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that people who are just nominal Christians, Lord, Christians just in name but not in in actual life and and reality, Lord, will will repent and turn to you and be saved in Jesus' name. Lord, we, we just consecrate our nation to you and we ask for your salvation in Jesus' name. Next, I want us to to pray for our city. The Bible uh, commands us to, to pray for our cities um, in Jeremiah 29 verse 7. Jeremiah, uh, or God speaks through Jeremiah, or he writes actually a letter through Jeremiah to the, to the Israelites. And he says, but, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on, beho- on, on its behalf, on behalf of the city, for its welfare For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Or for in its peace, you will find peace. They translate peace there as welfare because peace is more than just the absence of strife and conflict and war. Peace, it includes, you know, the absence of strife, but also includes um, prosperity. So I think that's why they translate it welfare. But, you know, God commands us, even when we pray the Our Father, we're praying it, you know, give us this day our daily bread as though we're, like the Israelites, you know, traveling, you know, the new exodus, traveling towards the promised land, you know. Um, so God tells us to live as exiles in this world, just like the Israelites were exiles in Babylon. But when we live in a city, we must pray for that city. We must pray for the peace and the welfare of that city because as the city prospers, we will prosper, okay? So let's let's bring Johannesburg before the Lord. It's a very important city not just in South Africa but in Africa as a whole so let's pray for Johannesburg Um, I think Johannesburg has been through many difficult years and much of it was because of of bad leadership so let's let's pray that God will bring changes in in Johannesburg 
Okay, let's, let's take four or five minutes and just pray for that. Pray for Johannesburg. Lord, we just come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for this city of Johannesburg, Lord God. Um, and we just pray, Lord, for its peace. Lord, bring your peace to Johannesburg, Lord. Bring your prosperity to Johannesburg, Lord. We pray, Lord, that, that you'll bless Johannesburg, bless this city, Lord. We pray a blessing over the families in this city, over the relationships in this city. We pray a blessing over the business in this city. We pray a blessing, Lord, over the resources of the city and, and the peoples of the city. We pray a blessing over the education uh, of the city, Lord, and uh, over the infrastructure of the city. And in Jesus' name, we ask you, Lord, that, that you'll remove cursing and replace it with blessing, Lord God. That you'll remove corruption and replace it with, replace it with integrity. We ask, Lord, that you'll, that you'll um, raise up people, Lord God, who make a positive difference here, who pray for the city, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that the city will prosper, Lord God. We pray, Lord, especially for your church in the city, Lord God, that you'll bless your church, Lord, not only us as Shofar, Lord, but every other church that preaches the gospel, Lord God. We pray that you'll bless our brothers and sisters in the city. Bless us as your church, Lord, that we might be able to stand up, pray effectively for the city, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that as we pray and as we minister in the city, that you will bless the city and the people of the city, Lord God. 
and, and, and that this city will turn out to be a blessing, Lord, to many others, Lord God, in South Africa and the rest of Africa. We pray, Lord, for, for jobs to be created here, Lord. We pray, Lord, for entrepreneurs, Lord, who, who, have, who are creative and, 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 uh, and, and who can create uh, businesses and jobs, Lord. And we pray that you'll bless them, Lord God, and that, that in, in this year, Lord, many jobs will be created, many new jobs. Lord, we pray, Lord, that that um, yeah, this will be a, a, a city that, that uh, where the tide turns, Lord, and where people want to come to, Lord, because your hand is upon it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, finally, I want us to pray for, for the church. And just two scriptures I have on my heart, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 15 to 18, one of Paul's prayers for the church. He says, for this reason, because... I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. We sang just now, open the eyes of of our hearts. Uh, and, And let's pray for that that God will open up our eyes to see what He wants us to see, that we'll have the spirit of revelation and knowledge, the Holy Spirit, so that we can know Him more. That's the one thing, you know, uh, to, to, to have revelation, the eyes of our hearts open to know God more and to see what He sees. That's the one thing. And the other thing um, in Matthew 5 or 6 that, that Heinrich and Nicky quoted earlier, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And, and, and just pray for us as the church that we will indeed hunger and thirst for righteousness, for right relationship with God, for what is right, that we'll hunger and thirst for that. And, and especially now as we're fasting and praying, that we'll hunger and thirst for God and for right relationship with Him and for what's right uh, in, this, in this world, okay? So let's take five minutes and, 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 and pray, for the, pray for that.
Yes, Lord God, we just bring ourselves as your church to you, Lord God, and we acknowledge, Lord, that we belong to you, Lord. We, we are your church, Lord. Not only did you create us like the rest of creation, but you bought us at a price with the blood of Jesus. You ransomed us. You redeemed us <clears throat> for yourself, and we belong to you. And, and we just pray, Lord, we just consecrate these, Lord, this time of prayer and fasting to you, and we pray, Lord, that you'll really open up the eyes of our hearts, Lord so that we can see what you see, what you want us to see, Lord. Give us revelation and wisdom, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us and through us to one another and to this world in Jesus' name. And Lord, we, we pray, Lord, that you'll Lord, awaken in us and strengthen in us our hunger and a thirst for righteousness, our hunger and a thirst for you, for your kingdom, Lord, and that our 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 natural human hunger for the things of this world will will die, Lord God, will wither, Lord God, will will fade away, and that our hunger and our thirst for you, Lord, will become most prominent, Lord. Lord, we pray for ourselves and for the rest of your church, Lord. By your grace, allow us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And thank you for your promise that as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that you will fill us in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also just bring, Lord God, everyone in church to you, Lord, who is sick or ill, Lord God. We, we think specifically of Mariana, Lord God, Lord, Lord and, and Beatrix, Lord, who, who were diagnosed with cancer, Lord. We, we bring them before you, Lord God, and we ask for complete healing, Lord. Thank you for what you've already done, but we, we pray, Lord, that you will heal, Lord God. You are the only one who can, Lord God. Lord, we bring Azal before you, Lord God. Lord, we ask you again for a miracle in his life, Lord, that you'll restore his, his body, Lord God. Lord, his brain, his, his body, his whole nervous system. Lord, we, we pray, Lord, for, for every person, Lord, who has, has COVID or who is um, sick or hurting in any way, Lord God. We, we pray, Lord, that you'll reach out, Jesus, with your healing hand, that you'll reach out as the wounded healer, and that you will heal us. And we pray, Lord God, that, that you'll give us opportunities, Lord, to, to pray for people, Lord God, who are ill, Lord God, or who are broken, Lord. People who are um, addicted or in depression, Lord God, or just people who are sick in any way, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that, that you'll release, in Jesus' name, that you'll release gifts of healing through us, Lord. And bring restoration in us and through us, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.